I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's, Let's make more three-way bets that we all regret weeks later. Let's do it. I can't wait. I'm oh, diving yeah, right in. Oh, yeah, because it was in. such a bad bet for 15 <laughs> weeks, you freaking moron. I will come through that iPad and whip your ass. Minus 500. You wouldn't want that? We went from 10 to 1 to minus 500 in the span of four months, and now they're bets we regret? You're pathetic. Uh, 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 is there cash? goes my apology. Is there cash coming into my pocket? No. Then there, oh, that's, a bet I regret. that's a bet I regret. That's a bet I regret. Who you betting on? Always on black, fast stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast tags. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. And today is the final regular season Tuesday show of the NFL year. And I am very excited. It's only one more week left, and then it's time to talk about the postseason. If you're watching on the Gaming Society YouTube channel, I got my Green Bay Packers hat on. I got the Packers banner behind me because the only seed that has been clinched at this point in the season with one game remaining is the Green Bay Packers are the one seed. Very big show today. Going to talk about a couple of interesting coach uh, conversations after the game. A couple of coaches who are losing their cool at the last possible second. We have the final Dr. Dangles segment of the year where Dr. Dangles tries to save myself and Schaefer the Sharp from insanity. We also are going to break down some of the NFL player awards, see if we can make any money there, see if we want to hand them out ourselves. And we're going to end the show with everybody's favorite segment, the final installment of Gravestones. Two more teams each to be put into the ground to say they won't make the playoffs this year. And it's the final time we're going to do it. And then after that, boys, it's playoff time. It is time to run for the Super Bowl. Very excited what we have planned for you guys, the listeners at home, on what's coming for the playoffs. Hopefully, cross your fingers, it all works out. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's jump right in, though, to these coaches. Hold on. Wait a, a couple- wait a minute. Wait a minute here, Tony. Because uh, usually, no, because usually you start off the week by filling us in on what happened just briefly because we really dive into it on our Thursday show. Yeah, but you, a, you fill us in you fill overview. us in just a little bit of what happened on King of the Coast last week. Um, oh. And and I know with I know with the Steelers covering the the uh my teaser leg of the spread, I, I, uh-huh. I got back on track with my teasers this week and I hit a couple other bets. Mm-hmm. So love to know how the, the standing shook out after uh after this weekend there, Tony Squares. And yeah. Dangles on my notes it says Oh yeah I did I had the Sears is my backup, the Brinks truck bet. I did. Okay, cool. Mm, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, thank you for reminding me, Dangles. Uh, how could I forget? Um, how could you? Dangles, you did great last week, man. You went 5-1-1 one, and one in week 17. Accumulated only six points in King of the Coast. However, you're up to 78 on the year. Myself, uh, I lost a lot. I lost a lot. Um, I went two, four, and one. My Brinks truck, as well as Dangles, pushed those goddamn Atlanta Falcons. I still don't understand how that Matt Ryan touchdown at the end was not a touchdown, reversed, and then he gets a taunting penalty, so they get fourth and 16. Um, it was that kind of week for me. It was that kind of week. The only bet I really hit was that SEC teaser in the college football playoff. <laughs> uh, I got a total of two points in King of the Coast. Relinquish my lead to the both of you. I have 75. Dangles has 78. And Schaefer the Sharp. A hell of a comeback for Schaefer the Sharp. Got nine of a possible 10 uh, points in King of the Coast. He now takes the lead at a solid 80 in King of the Coast. So Drew's at 80, mm-hmm. Dangles at 78, myself at 75. Technically, I'm still in it, but it's not looking good. And before we go, before we go on and I give it over to Schaefer the Sharp so we can gloat and Dangles can make fun no, of me for no, making no. fun of him, before I get there, I just want to say, Listen, when I come on this show, I, I hear the fans, okay? I hear them booing, and that's the their fan. prerogative, okay? The fan the fans are allowed to boo. They listen to this show. They're allowed to do that. But 
What they don't see is the work that I put in and the culture that I'm trying to build with the bets that I give out. Okay, there's a culture that I'm trying to build here that other teams, that other bettors are not. And, you know, so, some teams, some bettors have like golf clubs in their locker room right now. They're, they're making vacation plans. And I'm there going to work every week to try to get bets to win for this show. Okay, and I got uh, past bets calling me every every week to say, hey, we won so much money together. Can I come back and be a bet on your slate again? And I, I, you know, I want them back, but they're making money elsewhere and they're not making money for me. But the most important thing is it's not the bets that I give out. I'm up here talking to you every day to tell you what those are, and the bullets have to go through me before they get to them. It's the culture that I'm building. Those guys trust me, and I trust them to go to work to put their nose to the grindstone starting on Wednesday to get you one final slate of bets that are going to hit. That's my promise to you. Shay for the Sharp, congratulations. You're a fucking do you, asshole. Do you think maybe you'll give oh, not betting? Thank you. Do you think maybe you'll give not betting a look next week? <laughs> No, no, I'm here. I'm here for the final no. stretch, my guy. <laughs> no, I'm here for the final stretch. Well, well, why, well, why won't you give not betting a look next week? I want to talk about it, Dangles. You, you're in second place. All right, you're not even winning. You're not allowed to gloat. I'm going to catch your ass definitely. The tough one is Drew, who I'm also See, losing I'm in the winners' good league too. I'm streaking these last few weeks, and you, you are, you are trailing off. So we'll see. We have one more, one more week. Ten points left each. Uh, to, to potentially vault someone new into the lead, how mad would you guys be if I somehow backdoored you both? How how poetic would that be? No, I mean, listen, uh, I wish I could gloat. I want to gloat, but uh, I actually had not maybe the best of weekends in the NFL uh, because it started with the Friday, and I had to explain to my five-year-old nephew who was six-year-old nephew who was weeping after the Michigan game, uh, Noah, don't cry uh, because it's over. Smile because it happened. So yep. that's the Michigan. That you know that that, that that's the Michigan attitude. Yep. Um, definitely a little bit of a letdown there. You guys are very encouraging. Um, after, like about five minutes in the first quarter, uh, <laughs> through the first quarter. After that, there is no reason to be encouraged. Um, so thank you for your support. Um, and then um, come Sunday. Um, well, and I don't know if we were going to talk about this, but I'm just going to go for it. So. Uh, my wife and my dear son, Cole, out of town visiting uh, 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 friends. Um, so I'm doing solo dad duty with Cambria, a uh, 10-year-old daughter. So she wants to go to the trampoline park with her friend. I said, Cammie, that's fine. Let's go. So um, I pick her up, her friend, at 1247. I get this text alert, uh, and it basically prompted me to bet, which I already did. And I usually don't double down on player props. But mm. today, I actually bet on Sunday – 13 minutes before 1 o'clock, I bet Antonio Brown over receiving yards and anytime touchdown. Double down on it. A bet that I already had. So you can imagine my confusion as a 35-year-old man in a trampoline park watching a bunch of kids go crazy and, and jumping. I'm on my iPad with my ear pods in like a true degenerate watching the Red Zone channel because that's the only way I'm going to get through that fucking thing, right? And um, I see Antonio Brown <laughs> jumping up and down with his shirt off in the end zone, and I'm like, why are they showing a pregame thing of Antonio Brown? Oh, oh, he's cool. He's trying to be a tough guy. It must be cold. Then I realized he just walked off the field. Yeah. And and that expensive trip to the trampoline park on a Sunday in Kalamazoo got way more expensive. So uh, very strange. Then Tony Squares declares our Mac Jones Rookie of the Year ticket dead because Jamar Chase is doing unheard of things. And I said, guys, relax. Unless he does... Jackson Smith and Jigba stuff from Ohio State, we're fine. He goes on to do Jackson Smith and Jigba stuff. We're not fine. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to the awards section later, but I have, a, I have a bone to pick with you about that one. Well, uh, well I might talk about that, well, Dr. Dangles. You never he know. Only, and he, then, he only caught more, four more yards than Patrick Mahomes threw for. No big deal. Mm. <laughs> and finally, the Packers go into next week. I have an over four and a half ticket. Division wins. I have a winner's league bet with my man, Tony Squares. And would you believe, now that they have clinched that one seed that Tony referenced, they went from a minus 11 favorite to underdogs. Wow. 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 Interesting weekend. Interesting weekend. But, hey, the nine points in the King and Coast, I'll take it. Tony, come get me, big boy. It's Never gonna a doubt, be tough. homie. It's going to be tough. Dangles, I, I think you uh, 
I think you kind of got where I was going with my betting speech earlier today. We had a couple of coaches lose their goddamn minds in the postgame press conference. Joe Judge went on an 11-minute expletive-filled rant about how he's building a culture there and everything's going fine. He didn't quote Jay-Z like Matt Rule, but he definitely went as far. Is this the new excuse? Far. Like, is yeah. this the new NFL excuse? What is going on? Things are great. You got. You just can't see it on the field. I know this car looks like a shit box, but oh, just wait till you get it out on the road. It totally won't runs fall like apart. a top. It runs like a absolutely. This house. <laughs> this looks like it's built cheaply. This looks like it was a cheap flip. But boy, when you when you really get in, you're gonna see that these hardwood floors don't scratch at all. It's gonna be great. You can't. Like, it just doesn't work that way. This seems to be the new excuse for, hey, things aren't working for me. Like, oh, but it's happening behind the scenes. The thing that you're graded on, though, that's not as good on the field. But you shouldn't look at the thing that you're graded on. That no, doesn't make no. sense to me. Uh, would you rather have that, though? Would you rather have a guy like Robert Sala, where the Jets really should have beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I don't know. Tampa Bay is, is a shit show right now, but the New York Jets had a fourth down play and goal, and it was supposed to be a sweep to Braxton Berrios, and instead Zach Wilson was allowed to check it to a, 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 a QB sneak. He got stuffed, not even close. Robert Sala at the press conference, who I like. I like Robert Sala. Just throwing his offensive coordinator, Brian LaFleur, under the bus saying that should never been called. It was a coach's mistake. All of that jazz. Or would you rather have Mike Zimmer? No, I well, wait. They got no, because I, I I went back and looked and I read on this. They got the look they wanted. That is the yeah. play that they wanted to run. Yes. Zach and Zach and Will Zach Wilson ran the play like he was supposed to, but apparently uh, Mike Lafleur never told him. Doesn't matter what happens. There's no option on this play. Barrios is supposed to get the ball. Full stop. And Zach ran the play like it was drawn up in the playbook, which was supposed to be an option if he got a look that allowed him to get yards with the QB sneak. So, I mean, I don't know. It's I I don't I don't like it when any I don't think it's great when any head coach is going to go out there and and by name mention a coach or a player who didn't who didn't do something. But then then you go around on the other side and I feel like we're always getting on coaches for using too much coach speak and not like calling out, you know, and, and mentioning it mistakes when when they are made. I agree though, I think in the long run it's bad for team morale and it kind of makes you look bad as a head coach if you're going to go out there and be like, well this was some other asshole's fault. You're the head coach. It's on you. Uh, it, but Here's all you need to know about that. Go ahead, Tony. Before before you go cuz I'm going to kick it over to you with this one, Shay for the sharp. We're going <laughs> to the last one was Mike Zimmer, who got blown apart in a game that Minnesota needed to win. Kirk Cousins not playing because he caught the COVID. Who knew that would have happened? And instead, it's Sean Mannion, who who is not going to rank high in the left co- uh, West no. Coast Gamblers QB rankings at the end of the year. But instead of throwing in their rookie, Kellen Mond, who they drafted in a, in a mid-round, he's been with the team all season. He knows the playbook. Hey, let's see what we got. Sean Mannion ain't the future. Maybe Kellen Mond is. He doesn't come into the game other than a couple of snaps when it's all over and when asked about Kellen Mond in his press conference hey will we see Kellen Mond next week Mike Zimmer goes no we will not why will we not see him I see him every day <laughs> aka no, Tony. he's not good enough to see it so Drew I, I'm going to you now <laughs> Joe Judge Robert Sala Mike Zimmer marry fuck kill the press conference <laughs> if you were a player on one of those teams I'm clearly killing Joe Judge. I mean, that was <laughs> that was like illiterate. I, I, I. That's a guy as like Dangle said. It's like a used car salesman, like trying to sell you a Winnebago, where where like like the motor isn't on it, and it's like ah, oh, you know, it's it's it could be a fixer upper. I mean, it's it's. I mean, talking about for, and I think Orlowski said this on ESPN, talking about like no no golf clubs in locker rooms don't exist anyway that doesn't even like happen he's just making shit up like who has golf clubs in their locker in the locker room what nfl team would just allow teams to like bring in their tailor maids and their big you'd be cut so be, fast like, on so many go- teams for being like oh you t- i'm hitting the links what after practice today because we're not making and the playoffs so who fucking cares it's, it's the dumbest thing and then oh you refers to it uh, i was on a team in 2018 like he was like back in like the you know the 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 pre World War Two like yeah we know you were on the Patriots staff pal we know that team won the championship <laughs> I mean he's an idiot and then and then the worst obviously free agents calling me That's saying ridiculous. hey I make more money and I have I'm on a better team but I wish I was still with you just a fucking moron nobody I mean, like, wishes who is that this, 
Who who is this guy? Bill, so, well, so that, that, so you should go and an look because Bill Bill Barnwell actually did go down the rabbit hole and do some like you know gumshoe. Who other people? Yeah, and was, based on it was Wayne Gallman. Uh, no, it was it was Dalvin Tomlinson who left during free agency okay. because he was the yeah. only person who would have been who under the circumstances <laughs> would have been making a certain amount and had left to make more. Dalvin Tomlinson is you, the player, you, the one. He calls him according to Bill. Uh, twice a week. Twice a week he calls him. So so that that's an easy kill. Uh who am I fucking? I mean <laughs> The only other dude was like a I, linebacker I guess... who left for the Bengals. Guarantee that guy is not calling wishing that <laughs> he was. Who would you want to play for? Drew, then if you don't want to play for Judge, <laughs> you want to play for Salah or Zimmer. I, I guess I have to fuck Mr. Zimmer because you, you misquoted him a little bit, Tony. He said the, the reporter literally said do you want to? Do you want to look at him? He said, "Do you want to look at Kellen Mond? Do you want to look at Kellen Mond next week?" And Zimmer's exact words was, "Not particularly." <laughs> why? why any don't you any wanna... reason why? And then he goes, and then he said, "I see him every day." If you're a rookie quarterback that's drafted by their organization, what must like? Can you imagine texting your dad like, "Hey, dad." Uh, I know Coach Zim had kind of some harsh words for me, but everything's going great here in Minnesota. I mean, what is going on? Like, he looks he, – he always looks windburned and, like, you know, uh, his nose looks off. He's the worst-looking coach in the but, league. But he, he's got to go. I mean, that, that to me was a coach that, like, literally fought on the store. Like, I don't want to be here that, anymore. I'm done. There, changes have got to be coming in Minnesota. But saying that, like, fuck Mike Zimmer, not literally. I don't want to, like, obviously, like, have sex with the man uh, in the literal or figure of sense, but just F him. And then – I guess who I'm going to marry in this situation <laughs> is Mr. Sala. And, you know, to Dangles and I can speak from experience. Tony, you can't. As married men, you know, you say stuff that you almost immediately want to take back sometimes. Like, ooh, I probably should have said that. Now, Sala, when you're a trained NFL coach. I did it. Did it. Two it, nights, not two nights ago. One of, <laughs> one of those moments where it came out, oh, it came out just like, give me that six foot, give me that six foot. In rope. my head, I'm like, no, 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 yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. And my so, wife's pregnant too, so it's just that. Yeah, oh yeah, that's <laughs> very normal hormones and very not temperamental during that stage at all. Um, but the 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 thing with Salah, I've never seen a coach, especially a rookie head coach. We're talk, we always talk about this word culture, culture, culture. He literally took his offensive coordinator and was like, he's an idiot. He doesn't know anything. He's a first-time play caller. I was shocked. I was really shocked by him undressing um, LeFeur in the press conference. Now, today, as married men will do, maybe they don't come out with an explicit apology, but he backpedaled like Tim Salmon in the 90s for the Anaheim Angels just on a warning track there. Great reference. He was he was just, whoa, like, uh, it all comes on me. It's my fault. LeFure is doing a great job. So that showed me an admission of guilt. So that's why I will tie my lot to him and, and betroth him as mine for, till death do his part because at least it shows some maturity 24 hours after making that very impulsive rant. I mean, I was like, dude, this is a rookie OC. He's obviously a good mind. His brother arguably has the best three-year coaching tenure in the history of the NFL for his first three years. It's not arguable. I don't arguable. think this guy's going anywhere. It's not arguable. You're right, Tony. And, like, I just – it was very strange that he he didn't take explicit blame or responsibility right then and there. It took him 24 hours to backtrack. Um, was not impressed. But, again, tip your cap. He admitted fault even though he didn't say he was sorry. So I give him a little bit of respect back, but I was very taken back by that. Very taken back. I was taken aback by a lot this weekend, mostly the bets that I didn't hit. And uh, that means <laughs> it's time to go to the good doctor one more go around. One more chance to save our souls. Coming up next, it is Dr. Dangles. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, we've come to the end, uh, or almost the end, of a long, 
arduous season full of uncertainty and ups and downs with with covid and rosters changing and backups galore we may have the longest quarterback list ever i think we will have the longest quarterback list ever in the history of the west coast gamblers gamblers the illustrious half decade century of the west coast 200 episodes left coast gamblers 200 whole episodes the longest list coming up but we've got one more week of therapy one more week of healing to go through so let's do it one more time with our uh, our guest our guest uh, clinician dr dangles Schaefer the Sharp, uh, uh, eager beaver today to, uh, on our last yeah. on our last session here, raising raising his hand before the doctor even has his very important spectacles on. All right, uh, well let's get started with you then, sir. Um, how was how was okay. your week? How was your week of gambling? And and hey, if you if you've been holding anything back for the last seventeen weeks, now is the time because uh, you know we're com- we're coming well, we're coming to the end here, and and I think we'll have to evaluate whether or not I'm <laughs> I'm worthy of keeping on the roster for a second season <laughs> doctor it was a wonderful week of gambling on king of the coast i was really doing well on my bets and uh like i said i was uh at the trampoline park um enjoying a lovely sunday afternoon and uh i was watching on my ipad nfl red zone and mr jamar chase was going wild and tony squares text our text uh, uh our text thread and said you know r.i.p to our rookie of the year tickets and i was very angry with him i think i called him you are so. I think I said you are so dumb because I had actually looked at the odds of the rookie of the year tickets before the games had started, and Mac Jones was a minus 500 favorite. Now I don't claim to be that smart, but I do claim to follow the betting market. I've been doing it for a very long time. So in my mind, uh, the probability of Mac Jones winning the rookie of the year was pretty much a lock, especially considering Mac Jones had a very good statistical game against arguably the worst team ever in the history of football, but he still played very well against the Jaguars. I assumed Tony saw Mac Jones on a stretcher. Well, I was very angry with him. But I think that anger came from maybe my heart uh, because I had kind of already spent that money, if you know what I'm saying. It's something you should never do. I'd already kind of counted the chickens before they were hatched. I kind of counted that as a win. And so I just, maybe I was defensive and rude because in my mind, that can't be true. I already have that money accounted for. I already have that budgeted. That's, That's going to a washer dryer uh, that's got to go to uh, a garage door opener that you know cost X amount of money that's stupid to be a new homeowner and well wouldn't you know I looked at the odds this morning and uh, Mac Jones is no longer the betting favorite for offensive rookie of the year and it turns out Tony Squares is not only right uh, in his prediction but he's right in his assessment because for really being honest Jamar Chase probably is the rookie of the year he probably is and it really hurts me. So I'm not man enough probably to apologize to Tony Squares man to man, but I was wondering if you could maybe just be a mediator and just tell him I'm sorry. I mean, I, do that? I think that you, you said all that needs to be said as a, as a, a, a clinical uh, uh, certified, certainly not um, uncertified therapist that always is, is most enjoyable to me um, to see my clients come full circle and be able to provide their own therapy and walk themselves through their feelings and figure out how they got there. And you, you've seemed to have done that shape for the sharp here. So I think, I think Tony squares somewhere he's out there listening and he knows, he knows where your heart, where your heart is. And, and I'm sure that I'm sure that he heard that, but I think, I think you're exactly where you need to be. So well done. Well done shape for the sharp. I'm so glad we can, we can come full circle like this on our final week. Uh, of 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 meeting here of our of our session here, Tony Squares, you look you look a bit peeved, sir. Well, I, 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 I've been listening to you talk. First off, thanks, Drew. Uh, don't care, but thank you. I knew I was right. Um, but uh, you, were, I was listening to you talk how there was like 17 weeks and how much we've grown, and you really want the your patients to come around full circle and be able to provide their own therapy. And I just kept thinking back at all the weeks that we've had together, all the sessions we've had together, and how little you've fucking done for me as a gambler. I'm literally doing worse right now than I was at the beginning of the season, and I have to think it's directly to Dr. Dangles. And I will say, in person, if I ever see you in the flesh with those glasses on, I'm sticking my fist straight into your mush because you have ruined my NFL season, right, and I blame no, no, you completely. No, no, no. You know what? Yeah. I don't have to. I, I make too much money 
to do this. I yeah. am too well educated to do that. I spent too much time listening to other people's shit to to deal with. The, I'm I this is I'm done. I'm done. This is over. This is over. What I'm are you leaving. doing? I'm is your ankle? What are you doing? He has a sprained ankle. Oh my god. Oh my god. He's leaving. His shirt's off. He's left. Whoa. He's walked out. I was blinded by a Did flash for a second, but he's not there anymore. Did you ask him if he wanted to go back in the game, Tony, or, or rejoin the session? I, I don't know. <laughs> He's throwing deuces. He's throwing deuces. Oh, my God. This is groundbreaking. I do groundbreaking stuff. I do believe that is the end. That is the last we'll see of the shirtless Dr. Dangles for the rest of the season and maybe forever. Who knows? Maybe he'll show up in the USFL one day. But now it is time to go forward with the player awards and see what we can glean from what they tell us. And that's coming up next. West Coast Gamblers. So as Drew lamented in Dr. Dangles and we touched on earlier in the show, we made a bet on Offensive Rookie of the Year on Mac Jones. That guy's Jones. a hothead, by the way, that, <laughs> that, that Dr. Dangles. Just walking yeah, out man. on his clients like that. We got a great number on Mac Jones at the beginning of the year. It looked like it was a lock, and Jamar Chase in the last week did unspeakable things to those odds. And so we're going to go through some of the awards right now and see if there's something. Maybe there's a, a big favorite we want to bet on an underdog because we think it could switch in the final week. It might be closer than it actually is. Or maybe there's a bet out there that's tight at the top, and we think there's already a winner, so we might want to make some money there. But there's no better time to talk about awards with one week left in the season. It's time to talk about season-long stuff. The playoffs don't count for this, even though they give it out during Pro Bowl week. The first one's probably the biggest odds on the board right now, and that's the biggest award out there. It's MVP. All season long, I've been telling you that there's no way Aaron Rodgers could win this award because of what happened to him in the off, in, during the season with the whole lying to the media thing. This is a media-voted award, so I assumed that the media would not vote for Aaron Rodgers based on that alone. But lo and behold, our good friends DraftKings of the updated MVP odds have Aaron Rodgers as the runaway favorite at minus 400. Closest person in second place is Tom Brady, plus 500, and then it's some long shots, Joe Burrow, plus 1,000, Jonathan Taylor, plus 1,600. But Drew... This seems to be Aaron Rodgers' uh, award to win, giving him his fourth MVP in his first back-to-back. Is that correct? Oh, it should be unanimous. I don't think there's any debate. Um, absolutely should be unanimous. He deserves it. As someone who's holding a Tom Brady ticket, who, again, three weeks ago, he was leading the clubhouse, yep. uh, his odds. But that I think, I think what we've learned this year, boys, is these awards are so freaking fluid. And, yep. yes, I think we have to be on top of it as the season goes. Very hard to win. I want to say one thing about this award. Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers 100% will win and deserves to win. But if I had a vote, I'm not even kidding. I think my second place vote, which obviously counts towards the overall yeah. points in, yep. in, 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 the, in the results, I would vote for Derek Carr. I really would vote for Derek Carr. I, the fact that he's in, the fact that that team's gone through what they've gone through and somehow that team was dead in the water and he's rallied them to have a win and get in the playoffs game at home. Yeah. Uh, in week 18 is incredible. You want to talk about I, value, like I, most I, valuable player. It, most val- Exactly, Dangles. Most, where, where are the Raiders without Derek Carr? Yeah. And the leaderships he's shown this year, I, I really like that guy. And I, he's in his early 30s, man. He's got a lot of good football left. I don't know what the future holds for him. But if he winds up somewhere different, say like a Pittsburgh or, oh, yeah. uh, or, or New Orleans, I mean, I, 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 think, I think teams – would be lucky to get him. I'm a big fan of his, and I just want to tip my cap to the job he's done this year. He's been fantastic. Uh, Dangles, you know Tom Brady better than anyone. Uh, It's assumed that Aaron Rodgers won't play too much this week against the Detroit Lions. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks will want to play because they want to improve their seeding. No one wants to play the fifth seed in the NFC. That'd be either L.A. or Arizona wildcard weekend. Is there anything Tom Brady can do against the Carolina team that they really kicked their asses the last time they played that he can advance his stats here and make that plus 500 juicy enough to bet on? I don't know, man. Um, he'd have to have quite a day, I would think, to take it away from from Aaron Rodgers at, at, at this point. Because there are so many. I mean, Brady's been great. He's been excellent, no doubt about it. But you got a lot of guys going on that team as, as well. You know, Leonard Fournette's done a lot for them. Um, they've obviously they obviously have great receivers, Gronk. But I don't I don't know if there's there's much of anything that Brady could do. You you'd kind of be it, it'd be tough at this point, short of like a five or six touchdown performance. I think this is Aaron Rodgers' performance to lose this week. 
Uh, Tom Brady is 10 yards away from 5,000 yards passing, leads the league in it. Obviously, this would be his 17th game. He also leads the league in passing touchdowns. I still, I, I feel you, Drew. Obviously, the betting market is smarter than anywhere, but I, I'm going to be really interested to see if Aaron Rodgers wins this award because, again, it's a media-voted award, and no one hates Aaron Rodgers more right now than the media that he lied to. They do hold grudges, as you can tell, from Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in the MLB yeah. Hall of Fame. So I'm going to be interested to see it. Uh, let's move on to another one. This is the second biggest odds on the board, and it's Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jamar Chase. Man, <laughs> Third in the league in receiving, hey. second in the league in receiving touchdowns, has a boatload of catches to boot, uh, and it's not it's not been an inconsistent thing. Like you know, you look at a Mike Evans stat line; he has four games under 28 receiving yards. Mike Evans does. Jamar Chase, as a rookie, doesn't really have that. He's been really consistent, especially against damn good teams. A bunch of hundred yard games, a bunch of multi touchdown games. He's minus 225 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Our boy Mac Jones plus 175. Both the Bengals and the Patriots do need to win in order to improve their seeding. Both of these players are going to play. Drew said his piece on the Jamar Chase-Mac Jones thing. I think Jamar Chase is going to win, sadly. Dangles, your boy, Mac Jones, your New England faithful. you got to be happy he's, he's the best QB of the year so far as a rookie. Is there anything he can do to win this award in Week 18? Again, short of short of a five or six touchdown performance, and you know the Bengals are going to be playing for it, right? We've seen what they can do. They're going to want to go even in this last game to not only improve their seating. But I think remind teams just how good that they are and how much firepower that they are heading into that. That is not a team I want to see in the NFL. Let's not forget. This year. Real quick, let's not forget what the Bengals did, or sorry, what the Browns did to them at their home stadium the first time this team played. Watch out. Not the same yeah. Browns team, though, as we saw on Monday night. No, sure. no, no, sure. very true. Not that same Browns team. But I think, again, it's, you know, Jamar Chase just has to go out there and have another decent game, right? And even if, like, even if he goes out there, let's say he goes out there and flops and has, like, 10 targets four catches drops a bunch of do you do like and and mac has like a fine game you know what i mean like say let's yeah. say he throws for like 250 yards and two touchdowns like a no pick like a fine game just fine for mac is that enough in your head to push mac over in, into the i i i want to i like <laughs> the fan in me wants to say yes but the football analyst in me kind of doesn't think that that's that's going to happen i think jamar chase with this week this week last week that was the flag plant. That was the cement. That was the final nail in the coffin for this, unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it. If there's anything that we've learned, I think anything is possible. I really do. I think Brady, you know, if Rodgers doesn't happen. play, Brady goes nuts. Chase doesn't do anything. And here's the thing. If, if, if somehow the Patriots, which, again, the Bills are 17-point favorites against the Jets, but somehow the Patriots can sneak a division title, I think that would help his odds a lot. And I think let's just petition this at the West Coast Gamblers. Let's just make – the most the offensive rookie of the year let's make it the most valuable rookie because as your point dangles mac jones is the most valuable rookie mm -hmm. he's the most valuable to his team how many touchdowns did jamar chase catch on the fucking new york giants how many touchdowns did jamar chase catch on the jacksonville jaguars how many touchdowns does jamar chase catch on the detroit lions i guarantee you not more than four and Mac Jones, most valuable rookie, Jamar Chase, probably the rightful rookie of the year. If he was. RIP, our money. If he was on Detroit, though, Drew would have bet that touchdown over. We know that. Uh, let's go. Absolutely. Let's go to an award that I think we can make money on. And it's an award that not a lot of people talk about, Comeback Player of the Year. This is an award that Dak Prescott had wrapped up. He was a huge favorite a few weeks ago. But then the past two weeks, Joey Burrow has thrown for over 970 yards and eight touchdowns in just two games. Remarkable. Dak Prescott right now, according to DraftKings, still minus 140 favorite. Joe Burrow plus 110. Both these guys had season-ending injuries. Dak Prescott's obviously a lot more gruesome. That sticks in people's minds. But Joe Burrow, talk about most valuable. Joe Burrow has led that team that no one thought could contend to win their division. And Joe Burrow plus 110 to win comeback player of the year. I think it's a slam dunk. I'm willing to bet money on this right now. Do you guys agree? I would totally agree. And again, I, I sound like a freaking broken record. At one point, <laughs> Dak Prescott this year was like minus 5,000. Yeah, he was he huge. He was like minus 5,000. And you come down to one week left, 
He's minus 140, and he's going the completely opposite way of the guy right behind him, Joe Burrow. How do you not vote for Joe Burrow? I love this guy. He's, he's shooting pistols in the locker room, smoking his cigars. He's saying, F it, throw it to Jamar. He's down there to make a play. I he's he, he, Again, I text you guys this. Josh Allen was by far my favorite quarterback last year. I think Joey Burrow might be my favorite quarterback this year. I love the guy, and I would absolutely, Tony, because I, I, I'd I vote for him. And, and, uh, and very, it, it might be worth a bet. Very similar teams. Both have three great wide receivers, a serviceable tight end, a great running back. So it's not like you're comparing, you know, this guy doesn't have yeah. so-and-so. They're very similar situations here. I really like Joe Burrow at plus 110. Dangles? Well, and I mean, I, I do too, and because, yes, Dak Prescott's injury was gruesome, and yes, that sticks in people's minds. But we were already pretty certain before Dak Prescott went down that he was a stud in this league. Like, he had already proven himself as a stud. Joe Burrow looked great, looked really good for that little bit of time that we got to to see him. And then he had a a devastating injury, one that you don't always come back full from. And he comes back, and maybe he's even better than he was before the injury. So if that's not an argument for someone who didn't necessarily have like a you know a memorable, gruesome thing that sticks in everyone's minds, like we've seen the last couple of years with the likes of Dak Prescott and uh, Alex Smith a couple of years ago, obviously as well. I think this is as good a case as ever. I'm with you guys. I'm definitely willing to put put a little Plus bit of money on that. Plus one ten. I like that. Dago's it's so well said. You said Dak had established himself as like a premier player. I mean, Joey Burrow, like you said, he had flashes. But and this is part of my pre preseason assessment of the Bengals. He was two and nine. He won two football games, yeah. and people were like, "Oh!" And the next thing you know, he's leading this freaking team to the AFC North Championship. He's the toast of the town. And again, I, I would be hard pressed. We'll do this later after the season's all wrapped up. I'd be hard pressed to find any franchise with a trajectory of the Cincinnati freaking Bengals right now. I can't believe I'm saying that. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Big, scary, mad guy. Let's move on to the uh, the MVP for non-quarterbacks. It's Offensive Player of the Year. There were rumors Jonathan Taylor was in the MVP discussion. There were faint rumors that Cooper Cup was in the MVP discussion. This is the award that they're up for. Both of those players are minus 110. Jonathan Taylor leads every statistical category for running backs this year. He's the reason Indianapolis has a fighting chance for the playoffs. Cooper Cup, on the other hand, is going for the triple crown in wide receivers, receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. First person to do that since Steve Smith, and they're both minus 110. I don't have a horse in this race. Love both guys. Both these guys are awesome. I think these numbers are correct. I have no idea who's going to win this award. I was going to say, Tony, I think I have a foolproof way to decide who's going to win this award. You have a coin. Yeah, let's right. Let's take a coin and let's flip it. But but, but th- this is what I like to say about this. This is impossible because it's a media voted award. Yeah. There's a great bet in soccer matches. You can even bet all sports. How about a bet to tie? To tie. This isn't available, of course. I legitimately think <laughs> if there's any justice in this world, this should be a tie. It really should. Co-offensive players you, of the this year. This is hard. This is hard. <laughs> How do you differentiate these guys from what they've done to their teams and their their individual seasons? Unbelievable. And the odds literally say it's a coin flip. So I'm not touching this. I really think both guys deserve it. And, man, both those guys are so good. We're recording this game, uh, this show right after this awful Monday Night Football game. Congrats, Big Ben. You threw a touchdown at the end. Cost a friend of mine his fantasy championship to Najee Harris on that final play. Fantastic Actually, all I think around. it might have been a rush. Can't believe, can't believe I watched that most of that game. But defensive player of the year. We have the odds that were updated before the Monday Night Football game. T.J. Watt came in with two sacks. Dangles, what were those odds before the Monday Night Football game? This was of January 2nd from uh, our friends at Sports Betting Dime. Micah Parsons and T.J. Watt were tied at plus 200 in the, as the leaders in the clubhouse. Then you got Trevon Diggs uh, from Dallas at plus 750. Aaron Donald at plus 800. Right. Uh, and then you're getting the into the thousands. Yeah. Miles Garris, Nick Bosa, etc. Uh, is there any chance anyone other than T.J. Watt wins this award? Sports Betting Dime takes those odds from all of the sports books and adds a sort of averages them all together. So if both of those players are plus 200, it's not like the offensive uh, player of the year. There could be some money to be made here. We assume T.J. Watt's going to be a betting favorite after his two sack. He has a chance to break Strahan's single season record, albeit with an extra game. 
Micah Parsons, however, runaway for defensive rookie of the year. We're not those odds you can't even bet anymore. That's how much he's won that award. I don't think Trayvon Diggs has a chance, nor Aaron Donald. TJ Water, Micah Parsons, though, any interest? Or you think this is TJ's award? Wrap it up. I think it's probably TJ. I think it's TJ's award. They're not gonna just really quick. They're not gonna give the defensive player of the year and defensive rookie of the year to Micah Parsons. Now that said, if there's anyone who could make the case for both of those awards and having them, it's definitely Micah Parsons. Yeah. But the NFL is just not going to do that. They're going to want to honor as many people as, as possible. So I think you see Micah Parsons get that defensive rookie of the year and TJ Watt will have that defensive player of the year. Last one. And this is uh, normally you don't want to take long shots with one week remaining. These odds are usually figured themselves out. But there's one I think that we should be looking at, and it's for coach of the year. Leader in the clubhouse, a man who we thought we didn't know if he deserved to be a coach last year. And it's Zach Taylor at plus 150. That man went for it twice on fourth and goal in a tie game at the end versus Kansas City instead of kicking a field goal to go for the win. He just went twice at fourth and goal, got penalties both times, and it worked out for him. I I don't listen. The Steve Fezzik's of the world can suck my dick. Those were the wrong decisions, <laughs> all right? Zach Taylor though is plus 150 for winning that AFC North with Joe Burrow and Co. My man Matt LaFleur, number 1 seed in the whole world, plus 175. He has won the award before, which usually means it's tough to get it twice. The man I'm looking at though, the number 1 seed in the AFC the man who's had more people on the IR than anyone else in the NFL, the man who yeah. lost the captain of his team, Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel at plus 350. Listen, if Tennessee beats Houston, which is no gimme, Houston's been playing tough, but if Tennessee beats Houston, they're the one seed in the AFC after all of this shit went wrong for them all season long. They've overcome so much. Why isn't Mike Vrabel a good bet at plus 350? Tony, I want to give you props. I want to give you props real quick. You, you reached out to me a couple weeks back. And said, I think you 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 advocated to bet Matt Lafleur yeah. when he was about twelve to one coach of the year. Yeah. So tip your cap there, Mr. Squares. That was a great lean. Unfortunately, I don't think he's gonna gonna win this. And I couldn't agree more. Again, you look at Zach Taylor, all good and well, but I mean, what could you know, Joey Burrow, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. Well, Mike Vrabel done it. I mean, the fact that the Tennessee Titans are number one seed in the AFC without D. Henry for the majority of the year is insane. It's insane. He absolutely. He absolutely has my vote. I think he's worth a sprinkle. I mean, how do you not give it to Mike Vrabel? It's they incredible. do, it they really do benefit from being in the absolute positive worst division in all of football. Sure. Not, not, not to take away. I get it. I love, I love Vrabel as much as the next guy. Um, but And I think he's done a great job, and I think it's a great bet, and I don't see any reason not to put it on there. But I do wonder if the Titans would be sitting in the same place, in the same situation, if they weren't in the division that they're in. What about Nick Sirianni plus 3,500? That team was 2-6. and six. Every single yep. one of us killed what them in Graystone. What about Bill Belichick at plus 2,000 for getting the Patriots back into the playoff no, conversation dangles, dangles, with a rookie dangles, quarterback? Come dangles, on. Dangles. Come on. Dangles. No, not, not a chance. Dangles. Uh, I'm serious about Nick Sirianni at plus 3,500. I am too, Tony. And listen uh, to this. How about I, I saw something? I saw something on uh, on Twitter today. The Eagles, I think, have the third most dead cap space. Sorry, the third most dead cap money going against their cap this year. With the Lions being the first, by the way, they have the third most dead cap money. They're gonna make the playoffs, and they have three first round draft picks next year. <laughs> three. Pretty impressive. Uh, it'll be an Pretty interesting one. Have... It'll be an interesting one. So what are we doing? Are we playing Mike Vrabel and uh, Joe it's Burrow, comeback Vrabel. player of the year? Are we playing those two I tickets? Are we making some money? I, I, I love it, Tony. I, I'm in for both those. Mm -hmm. Dangles? Yeah. Fed, yeah. Let's, Sign let's, me up. Let's, let's do it. make more three-way bets that we all regret weeks later. Let's do it. I can't wait. I'm oh, diving yeah, right in. Oh, yeah, because it was such a bad bet for 15 <laughs> weeks, you freaking moron. I will... Come through that iPad and whip your ass. Minus 500. You wouldn't want that? We went from 10 to 1 to minus 500 in the span of four months, and now they're bets we regret. You're pathetic. Uh, uh, is there cash? There goes my apology. Is there cash coming into my pocket? No. Then oh, that's a bet I regret. Bucks. That's a bet I regret. All right. That's it for the show. Let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. It's time to kill two more teams, the final Tuesday show of the regular season. That's coming up next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. 
Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the season. It is the final week of Gravestones. All season long, we have been taking a team each week, putting them into the ground and saying they will not make the playoffs this calendar year. Only one week remains, and we each have two teams left to put into the ground. The hope of this whole game all season long is to end the year with 14 teams still alive, and all 14 are in the playoffs. The person on this show that has the most wins gravestones for the season. All season long, we've been killing teams, and we've all killed a handful by now, two of which are fighting or in the playoffs. We've all killed the Philadelphia Eagles. That loss is on us. We didn't believe in Nick Sirianni, and honestly, why would you? And then we've all also killed the Las Vegas Raiders, who, as Drew said earlier, have a win and they're in situation on Sunday night football. If they win that game, all of us lose a point. Individually, we've killed certain teams as well. Myself, I've killed Cleveland, the football team, Carolina and Atlanta, and also the San Fran 49ers. That's one strike on my account. Drew has killed Pittsburgh and Baltimore, the football team, Minnesota and New Orleans. New Orleans could be a strike on Drew's account and also Pittsburgh and Baltimore, but that's likely not going to happen. Dangles, however... Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Carolina, and Minnesota. Unless Pittsburgh pulls off a miracle, Dangles does not have a strike on his account. This week, we're killing two each. Drew's going first because he won King of the Coast, then Dangles, then myself. Schaefer the Sharp, if he kills a team first, the rest of us cannot kill that same team this week. And Drew, we have a job to do. We need to get Dangles a strike. So whatever you do, look at what Dangles needs Take a team away. We need to give Dangles a strike. But the pastor is calling us in. The church doors are opening. The pews have been polished. It's time to walk in to the George Michaels Faith soundtrack, just like uh, What's-Her-Face does in that awful movie, House of Gucci. It is time for Gravestones. last eulogy of the year boys and tony thanks for that inspiring speech about protecting our teams from deer dangles well the sharp knows what he's doing and in the final eulogy i have both of my teams will be teams you've already used because that's how the sharp does it my first selection often referred as the mistake by the lake one must think a mistake by way of a baker a baker that is not baking hot buns this year, and a team that's named after a skid in the underpants of the 2021 Cleveland Brown season. Holy shit, get an offensive line. Protect anything or anybody. The Cleveland Browns will not make the playoffs, but you knew this already. Well, the first team I'm going to be killing today, frankly, had a dark mark on it from the start of the season as they were plagued by injuries and then COVID roiled them through the season. And for the last few weeks, they've been without their star quarterback. But I guess if there is one silver lining for Jim Harbaugh, and the uh, Baltimore Ravens, or John Harbaugh. John I'm Harbaugh. sorry, John Harbaugh. I'm sorry. Too many Harbaugh. Too Jim many Harbaugh's too many, out of the playoffs too. Too actually. many. Too many. Too many. Thank you. Thank tough. you. That's Thank tough. You. Um, <laughs> uh, the good news is they found that they have potentially a stud in their backup quarterback, Tyler Huntley. So that's something for Baltimore Ravens fans. But the playoffs, they will not be making. And quoth the Raven, "Nevermore will I be playing in January." Goodbye, Baltimore. Well, questions presented to me. Do I want to see this team in the playoffs? Not particularly. Why? Because I see them every week. The Minnesota Vikings are pieces of dog shit. And I am so happy 
that they have no chance to make the playoffs. Goodbye, purple people eaters. Skull. For my final, final headstone of this 2021 regular season going into the 2022 playoffs. Holy shit, it's 2022. I like to quote, as I like to do sometimes in these things, media mogul and rap star Jay-Z from a song entitled, What We Talking About? What we talking about real shit? Or we talking about rhymes? You talking about millions? Are you talking about mine? Matt Rule, what the fuck are you talking about? Carolina Panthers, you're dead. Sir Purr, go to your den for the winter and don't come out until you're ready to make the goddamn playoffs. <laughs> Sir Purr. <laughs> well, you know, as someone who's been in NFL locker rooms, I can tell you that there's something about being around an NFL player being near one you're just kind of in awe of how big they are and how confident they are um, and and some people wait their whole lives to just get a chance to be up close and personal with an NFL star and that happened for a select few fans of the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team's decrepit derelict stadium in Landover, Maryland that is spewing sewage and falling apart while the organization swats scandals away. Washington football team. So many high expectations for this defense. So much under-delivering. Screwed in the first week with Ryan Fitzpatrick going down in hopes of a good offense dashed. It's just time to go home and retool. The stadium's falling apart. We need to get some pros in there to fix it up. Washington football team, retool, come back, try again. You're not making the playoffs this year. Great SAT words on that one, Dangles. Uh, for my final kill and the final kill of the season. Now, I should kill the Pittsburgh Steelers because those two already have, and it's very likely that Big Ben will not be seeing the playoffs this year. But I did tell you at the beginning of the season that my best bet were the Pittsburgh Steelers to make the playoffs. And therefore, with a stone's throw chance of me making this Gravestones victory, I'm going to leave Pittsburgh alive. And the only way they make the playoffs is if the clown show Jaguars beat the Indianapolis Colts. So here we go, Jacksonville. Shad Khan, win one for the boys. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, you can do it. <laughs> I believe in you. Jacksonville, and I am killing Frank Reich and the HBO Hard Knock Stars <laughs> oh, no! of the Indianapolis Colts. Good night, Say Indy. it ain't so. Good night. And with that, we end Gravestones. West Coast Gamblers. That's it for the final Tuesday show of the regular season. We're coming back on Thursday with all the bets you need for week 18 to try to make some money in the final week of the regular season and the very exciting finality to King of the Coast where I need five points to catch Drew, but Dangles is only two behind as the hottest gambler on the show right now. That's it for today, though, and we have a very exciting postseason slate coming up. Still plenty of West Coast gamblers to be had, but for Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, for Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, my name is Tony Cavallo. We are the West Coast Gamblers, the only gambling show that makes you money. And as always, thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 